Good morning and welcome to Brighton Road. Uh, my name's John Fisher. Uh, I'll be leading this first part of our service and later on our minister Tim Carter will be preaching from God's word. Um, and also uh, it's a communion so uh, this is the time uh, if you've forgotten to uh, to quickly go um, and find uh, uh, some bread and some wine or uh, juice or whatever you can uh, uh, whatever you can get together uh, as we as we are going to be celebrating communion together later on. So let's pray together. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We know things are tough. Uh, our, our society and our lives are in a bit of a mess at the moment. And we look to you for your assistance, for your guidance, for your wisdom. Lord God, we thank you that we have you to rely on. And we pray for our society that they would know and come to know your presence and the ability to rely on you. Lord God, we pray that you would help us uh, overcome the feelings that are so often prevalent in our current situation. Lord, we pray that we would know the joy of your presence, that we would know the togetherness of being part of your body, even though we're physically separated. We bless you and praise you this morning. And Lord, I particularly want to pray for those who are sick or those who are isolated this morning. Lord, we pray your blessing on them. We pray your healing on them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together, Light of the World, and then we're going to go straight on and sing, Welcomed into the Courts of Our King.
So this morning I'd like to ask, are you an insider or an outsider? Uh, these times that we're living in certainly uh, have not helped uh, our feelings of isolation and being separated from one another. And when I started to think about the themes uh, for this service, um, I was struck that our daily devotions um, actually had something to say. So uh, this is uh, Soul Fuel uh, by Bear Grylls. Um, and this was the, this was the family devotion um, that, that came up last week as we were thinking about this. It's called No More Barriers. Apartheid, racism, discrimination, all of these should be over by now. And certainly the sexes should not be at war. As Pope Benedict put it, in Christ, the rivalry, enmity and violence which disfigured the relationship between men and women can be overcome and has been overcome. 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed us how we should respond to the kind of hate-driven barriers that oppress people who are different. He chose a Samaritan, a despised and powerless minority of no perceived value. Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. To make his point even clearer, Jesus chose a Samaritan woman, not just any woman, one with such a wretched history of broken relationships that even her own people treated her as a social outcast. She drew water alone at midday. That's when Jesus, where Jesus met her and asked her for a drink. There's no hint of her, him patronising her or lecturing her. He simply asked her for help. And instead of running away in fear and shame, she stayed and everything changed as she realised the truth of his claim, for the water he gives will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. Jesus was about bringing life in equal measure for all. Galatians 3, 20, 28 says, There is ne neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. God loves us, regardless of our colour, creed, race, gender, previous life or present lifestyle. That's grace. So how does that feel? How does that work out? It's this gospel, this good news from Jesus, that breaks down barriers and sets us free. The death and resurrection of Jesus breaks the biggest barrier of all, which is the separation of us from God. And once we are once we are reunited with God, once we're in Christ, we can experience that belonging, experience that uh, removal of separation. Do you feel that? Do you feel that in, in Brighton Road? Do you feel that now when we're in lockdown? Do you feel that when we meet together in our, in our traditional style? And let's hope um, we'll be able to meet together soon. Um, I'm hoping for spring. Um, but do you feel it? Do you feel the uh, the oneness, the belonging to Jesus? This is what uh, this is what the word says. You did not receive a bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So if you feel like a part of something, you need to know and accept Jesus and therefore can be part of that. Receive that spirit of adoption, that belonging and not just a kind of head knowledge belonging, but a knowledge in your heart that you are adopted, that you are loved, that you are part of something and that you are part of Jesus.
Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you today to ask for your help in helping us to be an even more inclusive church. We thank you for the ways that you have made Brighton Road Baptist Church such an inclusive church already and for the many comments we get about how wonderful the welcome is that newcomers receive when they come to join our services and activities. We thank you that you can help us along this journey and to go deeper into this by shining any shining lights on any areas where we may, may be unwittingly excluding people. Often because we're not used to talking with people who are different from us, whether that's from a different social background, a different race, maybe because they have a different life experience that we've not experienced. Perhaps they are sick and we're well. And we just don't quite know how to talk to people. Lord, we thank you that you will take down those hidden barriers that can prevent us becoming a family and pre prevent inclusivity. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to shine a light in those areas. And thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy, which helps us to accept each other as different members of one body, of one family. And we know, Lord, that to be an inclusive church, we have to be an inclusive people, inclusive individuals, inclusive couples, inclusive families, and inclusive family and friends, so that we can welcome people in. Help us to recognise when we fall into habits that exclude people. Often we don't recognise what they are. They may stem from childhood or from our peer groups or even from the media. Lord, help us to have thoughts of each other that are from you, that recognise each individual that we come across as being made in your image and as having a gift placed in them that you have given them to give to the body to help it function properly. Lord, we ask that you bless us with your grace and your love so we can value and welcome and be excited by the different people that come through our doors or that we meet in our everyday lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for making us who we are so that we can serve you wherever we are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today's reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, reading from the Message Bible. This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause of you outsiders so called. I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself, as I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of them all their lives, what have been calling outsiders and insiders, 
stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcome to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details. The good news of Jesus means that outsiders, people who don't fit in, find a place where they are welcomed and accepted. That was the mystery God revealed to Paul, the gospel that Paul served throughout his life after he met Christ, a message summed up in Ephesians 3 verse 6. In Christ, the Gentiles, the also-rans, the nobodies, the people who didn't count, in Christ, these people were included. They found themselves on the inside for the very first time. And Paul sums up this transformation in three togethers in this verse. They are heirs together with Israel. They are members together of one body. They are sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And that's good news for our day, where so many of us can so easily feel isolated and cut off. The good news is that in Christ, you belong. And to add a, a bit of depth to our understanding of the difference it makes to be in Christ, let me take you back to Ephesians 2.12, where Paul describes what it's like to be without Christ. Then, he says, you were alienated. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were strangers, foreigners to the covenants of, covenants of promise. You were without hope and without God in the world. Let me try and unpack these a bit for you. Once you were without hope, but now you are heirs together. You really have something to look forward to. That's a tricky thing for us to get our heads wrapped around because the idea of inheriting an estate is tied up with the idea of someone dying and bequeathing us something in their will. And that's not really something you look forward to. But the Jewish idea of inheritance was broader than that. When Israel was about to enter the promised land, God said that a section of the territory would be given to each tribe as their inheritance, something which had been set aside for them and which they would receive in the future. Something to look forward to, in other words. Something that was theirs. In Ephesians, Paul is big on the idea of inheritance. In chapter 1, he talks about how we have an inheritance in Christ, guaranteed to us by God's gift of the Spirit. The hope of the riches and wealth of a glorious inheritance, the value of which is not measured by money in the bank, because you can't take that with you when you die. And this inheritance, yes, includes the glories of heaven, but it's so much more than that. This inheritance opens up the future to us, fills us with hope and confidence now. Now, I know many of you are hoping that life might get back to something a little bit more normal later this year. Let me invite you to use that idea to open a window into how Paul's mind worked. You're looking forward to something in the future. Think of that as, as your inheritance, that which is prepared for you, something good coming your way. And, and we know we have a basis for being hopeful about the future now because there's a vaccine. And some of us have already had our double dose of vaccine. And that gives us the confidence that we're going to be all right. Well, that's how the Holy Spirit works. God's gift of the Spirit to us here and now is kind of the guarantee that he will keep us safe 
and he will bring us to the point where we can receive our inheritance and our hopes will be fulfilled. It's that package of ideas that Paul taps into when he talks about you, yes, you, being heirs together through the gospel in Christ. God gives his people hope. For us, the future is not a dead end. God has an inheritance of good things prepared for you and he's given you his spirit as a guarantee that you'll receive them. So let me invite you this morning to allow the spirit to fill you with hope because through the gospel, you and I and all of us, we're heirs together. In Christ, God has good things in store for us all. And in Christ as well, we're members together of one body. That means you, you are no longer excluded, cut off from everybody else, left on the outside. Paul probably coins a new word here to convey the idea of being together in one body. It's a vivid image. My body is made up of all kinds of different bits and pieces, but none of them exist in their own right, apart from the body to which they belong. They are all inherently part of who I am. So Paul uses this image to convey the idea that you are an integral part of the body of Christ. You haven't been attached to it as some optional accessory. On the contrary, there is a sense in which you are so integral to the body of Christ that without you, the body of Christ is somehow incomplete. And it's important to hold on to that truth when, as now, we're not allowed to see each other. This this temporary separation from one another, which we are experiencing, and it is only temporary, doesn't alter the fact that in Christ you belong, you are included, you remain part of the body. And that's good news. In Christ there are no outsiders. So during these long, dark weeks ahead, please don't lapse into the mistaken idea that that you don't count. On the contrary, through the gospel, we are all members together of a single body, and that includes you. And in Christ as well, we all share together in the promise Paul says to his Gentile leaders, when you were without God in the world, you were strangers to God's God's covenanted promises. But now, through the gospel, those promises hold good for you. Our God is a God who enters into a covenant relationship with his people. He binds himself to us so that he is our God and we are his people. And he promises that he will be there with us and for us at all times. And he promises that each of us will know him for ourselves, like a child who is able to trust a loving, faithful, generous and kind parent. And when we get to do things wrong, as children are prone to do, he promises that he will wipe the slate clean. No grudges, no unresolved issues. On the contrary, he will forgive us for the wrong things we have done and erase them from his memory. And these are God's promises to you in Christ through the gospel. So what do we do with all this? Well, the good news is there for believing. God's word to you today is that in Christ you are included in the inheritance, the good things he has in store for you. You are included as an integral part of the body of Christ. You are included in his promised covenant relationship with his people. How do we respond to this? The answer is there is a very practical way in which we can respond, and that's by sharing communion in a moment or two. In eating the bread, drinking the wine, you are in effect saying to God, yes, I believe all this is for me. I believe the gospel is good news for me, that Jesus died for me, that my wrongdoing is forgiven, that I am welcomed and accepted by you, that you have promised eternal life to me, there is an inheritance in store for me, and I can have hope. All of this, 
through Christ. I can't include myself. I can't undo the wrong things I've done. I can't secure eternal life for myself. I can't force myself to have hope. But what I can't do for myself, God has done for me and for you in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that in Christ, I share in your inheritance for me. I share in your body. I share in your promised covenant relationship. Thank you, Jesus, for doing all this for me. Thank you that the words of this next song are true. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace can we stand. Thank you that in your Son, you've given that grace to me. Amen.
Can I lead you in prayer? Loving God, three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, thank you for gathering me into your family. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for being present with me now. You are the source and goal of my life, creating me a clean heart, a new heart. Enable me to trust you for everything that is good and life-giving. Thank you for redeeming me. Help me to entrust to you the unresolved issues I face. Leave them in your hands. I entrust these issues and the people I love to your care as I spend these moments with you now. Thank you that you've promised to be with me at all times and in all places. Thank you for being with me in these moments. Inspire me. Refresh me. Renew me. Revive me as I look to you to guide, console and counsel me. Work within me, I pray. And Trinity of love, would you enfold me in your care. Let me be open to the richness and miracle of meeting you. Let me be open to the blessings found in belonging to you. You've opened your deep heart of love to me in Jesus. I open my heart to you to receive your love. Thank you for the welcome. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the relationship I have with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for going to the cross to make all of this possible. You gave your life for me. I put my trust in you. Thank you for this bread, which speaks so powerfully of your body given to me, given for me, broken for me. For this wine that speaks so powerfully of your blood, shed for me, cleansing me, giving me life. Well, thank you that you held nothing back for me. I hold nothing back from you, but put my trust in you and commit my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we do this because remember how on the night on which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his friends and says, This is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. The body of Christ was given for you. Thanks be to God. And after they'd eaten, Jesus took the cup, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in memory of me. And as often as we eat this dread bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, for this cup of wine, the sign and seal of your covenant with me. 
Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for giving your life to me. Amen. Can I invite you to join with me in saying the words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen. Even in this moment, God's building his kingdom. Even in this moment, this is a good one to pray for revival. So let's do it Irish style. Let's sing an Irish hymn together. Come say you rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil while we may. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now As we are your church And we need your power All right, let's go! We seek your kingdom first We hunger our lives for your our joy and prize to see the captive hearts release the hurt the sick the poor at peace we lay down our lives for heaven's cause we are your church and we pray revive this earth
streets and all the 